You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers for over five seasons we started doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Happy Friday, almost to the weekend, but welcome into the show, especially those who are checking it out for the first time today. We have a great episode for you guys, especially because I know some of you guys have probably been in and out during training camp, but on today's show, we're going to tell you exactly who the winners are and losers of training camp have been so far for the Chargers. A lot of rookies standing out for sure. Some veterans may be falling a little behind. So in segment two, we'll talk about the winners, and then we'll wrap the show up with the losers so far in training camp. Obviously, keeping in mind, it's only been a little bit over a week, but there's some definite guys who have stood out in a good and a bad way to some extent. But we're going to start the show today by getting into the Athletics' top-ranked defenses in the NFL we talked about an article from Shield Capadia ranking the Chargers offense as the fifth best offense in the league. They did not have the Chargers that high defensively. So we're going to talk about that as well as one of Brandon Staley's former players coming out and ranking the Chargers as the fifth best defense. So we'll find out where we kind of fit on that, probably somewhere in the middle. But before we get started, if you guys are looking for another show to get Really up to date with everything NFL because we always have to focus so much on the Chargers. I'm willing to set our beef aside with the the Peacock and Williamson podcast covering everything around the NFL with Matt Williamson and Brian Peacock. So if you guys are trying to find a way to get updated on every team, that's definitely the place to go. And you can get it wherever you find your podcast from. And you can find ours wherever you get your podcast from. But let's go ahead and get into it. We talked earlier in the week, David, about the Chargers being ranked as a top five offense and that is a really high ranking. It was from Shield Capadia from The Athletic. And then they ended up doing another one for the defenses in the NFL. And the Chargers did not fare as well. So on this side of the ball, the Chargers ranked 17th, which is still not bad, right? That's really middle of the pack. And I mean, there are some flaws, I would say, to the Chargers defense. But I do think especially with Brandon Staley and what he was able to do with the Rams in one season, in one COVID offseason, people look at the Chargers and say, they should be better than that. And I understand the reasoning. And really, I think the biggest part here, David, comes about health. Because last year, the Chargers had the fourth worst injury luck last season. Derwin James missed the entire season. And Joey Bosa was limited to 53% of the snaps. So I would definitely think it would be higher than 17, David. But if you can tell me that they're going to stay healthy all season, yeah, that changes the conversation. Of course it does. I mean, who wouldn't want to have Derwin James for 16 games this season, 17 games? I mean, obviously, we all want that. We all want him. We all want Joey Bosa to be on the field. We want them to play on the field at the same time. We want them to play well. I mean, we want Nas Adderley to be out there playing with Derwin James. We want all of the key pieces to be on the football field at the same time. But this is football, and we know that injuries are going to happen. They're going to be part of the game. Let's see if this new sports performance team can get these guys diagnosed properly and get them back on the football fields sooner than the previous regimes did. That's one thing that could help this Chargers team be healthier this season. Well, yeah, and that doesn't even mention Drew Tranquil, who missed all but the first series of the season defensively. I mean, that's... 
15 plus games that you missed from Drew Tranquil. You had Melvin Ingram in and out of the lineup, Justin Jones in and out of the lineup. They really did have terrible injury luck last season, but the Chargers have to hope it's a little bit more than luck because they're hoping their sports performance staff can change those numbers a little bit. But you get 53% of the snaps from Joey Bosa, no Derwin James, no Drew Tranquil. I'm not even sure if you gave me that circumstance again. I'm putting the Chargers at 17, right? Because that's a big-time loss right there. But I do think they have the pieces, obviously, to really improve on what they were last year. And if they stay healthy, having Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Drew Tranquil on the field, having Kenneth Murray hopefully taking a little bit of a leap. You have Kazir White, who's a wild card. Michael Davis coming off of getting his first big contract in the NFL and really looking as good as we've ever seen him last year. And then you have guys like Asante Samuel Jr. who's looked good. And then you have some rookies who have really played well so far during camp. Alohi Gilman's looked good. Kyler Fackrell is a guy who's been getting a lot of first-team snaps. So if everything goes right, David, I think Brandon Staley can get the most out of this lineup if he has most of those guys. I don't think they're the 17th-ranked defense. I don't necessarily think they're top five. But, I mean, if you tell me 11, 12, top 10, maybe nine, something like that, I could definitely buy in. Yeah, I mean, I think when I look at this Chargers defense and I see all of the players that they have at all three levels, you know, Derwin James, Kenneth Murray, I mean, Jerry Tiller, Joey Bosa, they have some guys that, you know, they need to get some better contributions from. But if they get everybody staying on the field and and they get those guys to play, I mean, some of those guys just even average football, I think this scheme is really going to help these guys play much better. I think that's better suited to the type of pieces that that they have right now. I also believe that they're going to make adjustments. They're going to make in-game adjustments. They're going to make adjustments according to their opponents game by game. That's something that we didn't really see last year. We know that that the, there was the cover three scheme with Gus Bradley and they didn't really make any adjustments. We now know that with this defense, they want to be very multiple and they want to attack the opposing offenses and put them in conflict. So I really believe Brandon Staley's defense and this scheme is really what's best for this Chargers defense and they are going to perform very well. And if they do perform well and they stay healthy, I can definitely see them, I'd say around the nine or 10 area range. Yeah, I mean, I think that is fair. And I think the other thing, the big thing, with this defense is are they going to have a pass rush and that's what this article talks about a little bit is it Jerry Tillery that's going to be the second force on that defensive front is it going to be Uchenin Wosu who doesn't seem to have taken a stranglehold of the starting job so far considering what I was just saying about Kyler Fackrell getting a lot of first team reps so where is that pass rush going to come from I do think with Brandon Staley it is going to be a kind of a committee approach because I think he's going to get Maybe not a bunch of guys who are going for 10 sacks, but many more guys for the Chargers who are going, you know, four sacks, five sacks, six sacks, right? When you have guys that would like... That make a huge difference, man. It would be huge. And, I mean, Justin Jones has, like, one or two career sacks. Limbaugh Joseph had one of his worst sack seasons last year. Like, you just need some kind of production, and it was virtually non-existent. So, somebody has to step up there. And I think that one of Brandon Staley's former players and now NFL analyst for ESPN, Sam Acho, agrees that the Chargers could be a lot better. And I think he's assuming they'll have a good pass rush because he ranked the Chargers as the fifth best defense in the league going into 2021, which that's a big jump. I mean, 12 spots right there is huge considering the teams that are in the middle of it. And it is interesting, David, just because it is coming from one of his former players. He played with the Bears in 2017 and 2018 with Brandon Staley being his outside linebackers coach. 
And I don't think that he makes this prediction and puts his name on this unless he really, really knows how impactful it is and how much these guys are going to buy into what Brandon Staley's doing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, there's probably a little bit of bias there, right? I mean, I think we of course. we, we kind of have to admit that. But, I mean, he's been there. He's played under Brandon Staley's tutelage as a coach. He knows what he brings to the table. He probably knows how intelligent he is. He knows how much of a communicator he is. He knows what that vision is. He understands defenses. He truly believes that as well. I mean, I don't know if I could see top five. I mean, I think that would be a little bit much. I mean, if everyone stays healthy, I mean, hey, I'm not going to put limits on guys, but they if for that to happen, they're going to need some guys to step up and really bring some contributions from areas that we didn't really expect or haven't seen up to this point. Guys like Nazir Adderley, guys like Jerry Tillery, those guys are going to have to have breakout seasons, and it's not just going to be those two. It's going to have to be other guys as well. The depth is going to have to be better, so a lot of things are going to have to go right or go perfect for the Chargers to be in that top five area, I think. Yeah, and I think there is just so many different questions that you have, right, and just uncertainties with the Chargers roster because you are banking on guys to far outperform kind of what we've seen from them production-wise in the past, and you're also counting on some veterans like a Linval Joseph, like even a Christian Covington or a Kyler Fackrell to kind of find some of that production that they've had in the past, right, reach back, and get some of that juice that you had a couple years ago if you're Kyler Fackrell or Limbaugh Joseph, who's now getting up there in age. So they are going to have to get a lot out of some players that you just don't know what they have at this point or how they're going to make the leap going into year two. But somehow yeah, Chris Harris Jr. is another one. Chris Harris Jr. So you have to have a lot of faith in Brandon Staley, and I think that we do, and I think that's why we're bullish on it. I think both of us think they'll finish inside the top 17, and I don't think either one of us feels great about putting them as a top five defense, but I don't know if either one of us are willing to say that they absolutely will not be that either. So I think that's some of the excitement that you get from this week and just going through training camp and seeing what these guys are able to do in Brandon Staley's new defense. But it's looking good so far, but we have two more segments to get into. Coming up next, we're going to get into the biggest winners so far during training camp, guys like Josh Palmer, who have showed out, and many more guys who have really dramatically helped their stock with this team. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet. And of course, I'm talking about Built Bar. Built Bar has so many different flavors to choose from. They are all delicious. Some of my favorites are cookies and cream, mint brownie, salted caramel. But you can also choose German chocolate, coconut, raspberry. So many flavors to choose from and you'll never get bored because you have that variety. And you can buy a mixed box with Built Bars and they'll send you a box that has every different flavor in it. So you can go through, try it, find the ones you like. And if you want to buy a whole box of that, you can just get that one flavor. But the nice thing is not only do they taste great, but they're also healthy for you. Most of the bars have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, and only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. You can have that thing that makes you feel guilty, and then you remember, oh wait, it's a built Bar. I'm still on my diet. Everything's going good. And... Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So what they're eating in Tokyo, you guys can get now and save some money. Because if you go to Built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, David. Well, it's kind of hard to believe how much of training camp has already gone by, right? And we've already had so many different practices to talk about. I think seven practices at this point, and they'll be going 
for their eighth this weekend. And speaking of which, I forgot to say at the beginning of the show, me and David will be at FanFest on Sunday. Hopefully we can come see you guys. We will be in Section 218. So if you guys want to catch up, come find us and say what's up. That's where we'll be at FanFest. We'll probably be wandering around a lot of it too, but super excited to be there with you guys. And, you know, David's flying all the way in from Texas to do this. So we'll also be kind of live tweeting and reporting from SoFi Stadium on Sunday, but hopefully we'll see some of you guys down there. But let's get into training camp, David, because for as little of training camp that's gone by, I feel like so much information has already come out of it. And really, it's your first chance to see a lot of things. Brandon Staley, the rookies, Justin Herbert in year two, so many storylines going into it. But the other part of it is, Guys have already kind of started to separate themselves and make a name for themselves so far during training camp. So I wanted to get to, even though it's only seven practices, who has been winning training camp so far? So when you're talking about the winners so far at training camp, David, who's the first name you're going with? Yeah, I mean, I think the first name I got to go with is a guy who we've been, uh, I guess, uh, accused of hating on. And it's probably just a guy because he hasn't had a lot of opportunities to really go out there on defense and show what he can do. Take responsibility. And that's a Lohe Gilman. Yeah, <laughs> it's a Lohe Gilman. I mean, I have to give him his props. Through the first seven days of training camp, he's been making plays. He's been given opportunities. They say that they like his calmness out there. They like his aggressiveness, his feistiness. So, I mean, hey, if this is a guy that can come in and, you know, step in in some sub packages and and provide some quality play on the defense while still making some contributions on special teams, then this could be a big year for him. I mean, you got to I mean, if you're a Lohe Gilman, you just got to be excited to get opportunities to have a clean slate to go out there and show these new coaching, these new coaches that you can make contributions that you can help this team that has got to be exciting for him and so far he's making the most of it yeah I mean when I was there on Monday he intercepted Justin Herbert I've seen notes coming out of training camp that he's had more passes deflected more interceptions things like that I mean multiple interceptions already so far during this training camp so Alohi Gilman he was always a playmaker in college his aggressiveness did get him in trouble at times and his size you didn't know if it was going to translate the NFL level but if you you know have someone who can kind of manipulate someone's aggression and kind of channel it the right way, I think you would trust Brandon Staley with that. And so far, you seem to be getting really good effects from it. But yeah, that's an area we went from super concerned to, okay, we're feeling a little bit better about Alohi Gilman and kind of what his role in this defense is. But I think this week is really, so far, David, been about the rookies. I mean, mm-hmm. the rookies have made an absolute name for themselves. And there's some... You know, Larry Roundtree hasn't heard it. You haven't heard a ton from Trey McKitty, Nick Neiman, but pretty much everybody else you've heard positive things from. I mean, Chris Ruff, not really, but the rest of the guys, Mark Webb, multiple interceptions, multiple passes broken up so far as a seventh round pick showing that he wants to get on the field sooner than people expected. Then you have a guy like Rashawn Slater, who you've only got to see him one time in pads. And he's going one-on-one against Joey Bosa and winning. That's something you have to feel great about. Sante Samuel Jr., I don't know if he fully fits in the winners of the first week, but later on in the week, the last couple of days, it seems like he's starting to come on a little bit. But Josh He's earning Palmer, some more reps, man. Yeah, he's I mean, and you have to give Brandon Staley and them credit for, you know, hey, let's see what this guy looks like when he's out here with the ones, right? Even if he hasn't earned it yet, you can't hurt it by giving him a couple of snaps there. See right. if he fits in. But either way, it's hard to put anybody 
higher on this winner's list, at least as far as the rookies, than Josh Palmer because, David, he's a third-round pick. Those guys don't always have to come in and play right away. Then you have a guy And they like, don't usually play well or get very much contributions around here, right? <laughs> well, they don't unless you're someone by the name of Keenan Allen who was also a little bit slower, also ran really good routes, even though Josh Palmer's a lot faster than Keenan Allen coming out. But either way, Keenan Allen had an explosive rookie season, right? So He did. Josh Palmer so far, I mean, he's making receptions, he's catching deep touchdown passes, making contested catches, He's done it all. I mean, it, the first couple of days seemed to go slow for him, but he's been one of the most talked about training camp players so far this offseason, while other guys like Tyron Johnson, Jalen Guyton haven't been on the field. He is absolutely making the most of it. He totally is. And, I mean, it's really exciting to hear that stuff, too. I mean, just adds another weapon, another dimension to this Chargers receiving core. I mean, a guy who's got good size, who you always like to joke about, always looks like he still has his shoulder pads on even when he's walking around in uh, just a jersey. Yeah, I mean, this guy's got an NFL body. He's a, a very good route runner. He's making plays left and right in training camp. And, I mean, if you're Tom Telesco and, if, and you're Brandon Staley and Joe Lombardi, you're just sitting back and you're like, yeah, I'm start, I'm looking pretty intelligent right now. Who's questioning I the mean, pick now? <laughs> exactly. Who doesn't think I can pick third-round picks now. Now, of course, everything's a little bit too early to get too caught up, but so far, so good for Josh Palmer. Making big plays, I hope it continues. Who would you get to next as far as your winners? Yeah, I think one more guy for me is just a second-year guy tied in. It's Donald Parham. I think we've just been hearing some good things about him. It seems like he's that next guy up uh, along with uh, with the veteran there, uh, Jared Cook. I mean, both those guys seems like they're just kind of trading off. And uh, I mean, this guy is huge. He's six foot eight, huge catch radius. Seems like he's continuing to make plays in training camp. So he's a guy who I think has made the most of his opportunities during training camp so far. And I'd like to see that continue. I mean, he's a big weapon. I want to see the Chargers use him a lot. And another guy that doesn't really fit into this, right, is Jared Cook. But I'd say he's a winner too, because that connection with yeah. him and Herbert has been there right away but Donald Parham yeah expanding that role seeing if you can get him doing other things besides just you know in the end zone trying to catch jump balls which you know he's 6'8 <laughs> go ahead if that's what you want to do but you think that he could be a little bit more than that especially with Trey McKitty who's a developmental guy this is a good chance for Donald Parham we can't have this segment though David unless you talk about wide receiver Austin Prohl who has been yeah the biggest surprise easily so far during training camp because even with Josh Palmer I mean we were pretty high on him from the beginning you had to kind of find out hey who is this guy that was supposed to be a fifth round pick but you see what he does at the senior bowl you see the quarterback play he had and all those things we were still really excited about it I was not you know super excited about Austin Pro. he's just one of no. the 10 different receivers you bring in kind of for a tryout and just like that he's the main return man on kickoffs and on punts he's catching balls on one-on-ones He's catching balls in team drills and touchdowns from Chase Daniel and Justin Herbert. And now it's hard to say that he's not going to make the team. Like, I think we've already passed kind of the threshold of just kind of putting him on the bubble because that's where he is. I mean, he's, he's had on an the Austin Eckler type esque, like, you know, ro- like rocket to the top. I mean, he's he really has. I mean, he has that, hey, what do I have to do mentality to earn earn a spot on this team? And it seems like he's really doing that. When he's, you know, snaking his way into the parts that the Chargers probably are a little bit scared about, especially special teams-wise coming off of the season 
that they just had, right? But it was so bad that there's obvious need for improvement. This guy has stepped in and kind of taken that job over right now. And he's still on the bubble because guess what? And he's still oh, yeah. going to have to show it in the preseason games. And he's still going to have to keep it up. I mean, it's not enough just to do it week one. Even though, you know, a guy like Tyron Johnson, he was the big winner the first couple of days. Then he gets hurt and it's harder to put him in this list. Austin Prowell right now is one of probably a handful of receivers that's getting team one and team two snaps right now at receiver with Johnson and Guyton down. He's really making the most of it. And maybe, you know, we were talking about KJ Hill or Joe Reed, which of those guys is getting cut. Do either of them feel good right now? I mean, it's hard to say no, that either of them can't. could feel super comfortable about where they're at if this guy's having a better camp than them so far. But it's so early and there's so much time. And hopefully those guys make it a very difficult decision and come on strong this upcoming week. Maybe it starts Sunday at FanFest when we're there watching and they feel the pressure to really, really perform. But we do have one more segment to get into because just as there's winners, there are also losers. And I hate saying like losers, but the stock is definitely down on the guys we're going to get into next for different varieties of reasons. But next, we're going to get into the biggest losers of training camp so far coming up right after this. All right, David, well, we talked about the big winners during training camp so far, but that's how training camp works, and that's how roster construction works. If there's guys whose stock is going up, eventually they're going to have to replace someone that you thought could potentially make this team, right? And I think that's the part about this that makes everything so tricky is even to some extent, if you're not having a good camp, right? If you're just having an okay camp, you can be kind of losing in a conversation like this, David. So when you're looking at the guys whose stock has dropped so far in training camp, very early on, obviously, but just to this point, who comes to mind? I think, Daniel, one of the guys you look at who has missed time because of injuries so far in camp has been Jalen Guyton. And, I mean, it's been a, a very, a very, it's a very stacked wide receiver group there. And you really got to have as much time on the football field as possible to try, try to make impressions on the coaching staff. And if you can't be out there, you're going to get your spot taken. And, I mean, there's a lot more competition this year. I mean, that's a good thing for the coaches. It's going to force some hard decisions. But if Jalen Guyton's not out there and you've already had another speed guy like Tyron Johnson who's already proven to be a better route runner than you, you ha- you're going to have to get on the field and you have to show why you deserve to be on this roster still. Yeah, and it would be pretty crazy if Jalen Guyton were to get cut just because, I mean, we're literally talking about the guy who had the most snaps at receiver for the Chargers in 2020. And I think that's just a testament to how loaded this room is right now, right? And Tyron Johnson isn't really helping his roster stock either, but at least he made some splash plays when he was out there. We've seen him catch, you know, a couple of 50 plus yard touchdowns already from Justin Herbert. So he has those already in the bank. He's still going to have to come back and keep performing and all of those things. But Jalen Guyton doesn't have that. I mean, I've seen, you know, reports of drops coming out of him during this training camp. I know I've seen at least that a couple times, and I haven't been there to watch it, so I don't know if it's a consistent problem. But either way, what's coming out about him isn't great stuff for him. So when you're missing time and you're missing kind of a chance to make sure that you keep your roster spot, it is going to be tough. And right now, if he was still out there, he would have a chance with Tyron Johnson not being able to be out there to get even more snaps to prove that he should be on the team. So that is definitely a guy where it sucks because you wanted to be healthy and you wanted to be able to put his best foot forward. At the same time, you can't argue with the facts that it just hasn't been good for him so far. But one person who I think it's been 
pretty bad for as well, David, is Easton Stick because it started off pretty bad for Easton because he got off to a few interceptions in the first few practices. It seemed like he was getting a ton of reps at quarterback during the team drills, even getting some second team reps as well ahead of Chase Daniel. They did not go well because your white picked him off for six. He's been picked off a few more times since then. And also, you have the added fact of the Chargers going out and bringing out an undrafted free agent rookie in KJ Costello. And when you're trying to prove that you should be the backup, it hasn't gone well. And then they bring in another fourth quarterback that can't feel great. No, I mean, it definitely can't. I mean, that's definitely a guy who deserves to be on this list because last year and the year before that in training camp and in preseason when they had it, he didn't look good. He threw some interceptions. He made a couple of splash plays, but he was just very inconsistent. And it seems like that has continued this year. And, you know, now that the Chargers have brought in Chase Daniel, I mean, he really has to feel uncomfortable. He has to really feel the heat getting turned up because he might not find himself on this roster. And, I mean, hey, if K.J. Costello outplays him, he might not even be on the practice squad. So, I mean, Easton Stick definitely needs to play a lot better, Daniel, if he wants to keep his spot on this roster. I mean, I think another guy for me who is one of the bigger losers is a guy I, I hate to talk, I hate to talk about in this regard because I'm a big fan of his skill set. It's Joe Reed. But, I mean, the, the facts are the facts. Unfortunately, he hasn't done a lot to stand out. He hasn't really uh, won the special any special teams roles as a kick returner or punt returner up to this point. And, you know, we haven't seen him get involved in the offense too much. So, I mean, Joe Reed, he's going to have to start making some more plays. He's going to have to start standing out. If not, he's going to be one of those wide receivers that get cut. Yeah, and I don't think even, you know, K.J. Hill has done that much either. I mean, to the same extent, like he's had a few receptions too. Joe Reed has had a few receptions as well. And it's not even necessarily that you're not hearing they're doing good. It's just that you're not really hearing anything about them at all, which during training camp is an indictment. But, you know, these guys are obviously trying to impress these coaches other times than just when they're on the field as well in the meeting rooms and throughout just the day. But you you have to make plays, especially if you're Joe Reed. You can't just really be a good kick returner. You have to be clearly the best kick returning option on your roster, right? You can't just be a decent special teams player. You have to be such a good special teams player that they're willing to take the wide receiver limitations that you have with your special team skills. So I still am a believer of Joe Reed. I think if you're a creative offensive mind, there is a way to get this dude the ball because he is dangerous in the open field. And if there's anyone, you know, that could really turn it around. All of the guys on this list could. I mean, Jalen Guyton could catch two fifty-plus yard touchdowns in the preseason games, right? You could have Easton Stick throwing those two fifty-plus yard touchdowns <laughs> in the preseason game and running for another, you know, two hundred yards in the three games. Like these guys all have a chance to turn it around. Joe Reed will get some run in the preseason. He has the skill set where he can make it really hard for these coaches to not find a place for him on this roster. So as much as these guys haven't won so far, all three of those guys are potentially exciting players. Even with Easton Stick, you're going to get some bad, but it was exciting in the preseason with him, right? It was exciting last year when Joe Reed got the ball and scored a touchdown and just when he got to touch the ball in general. Jalen Guyton, a ton of exciting plays, just too far and too in between to really – you know, nail down the spot on this year's roster, which would have taken a big year. But there's also a lot of people, I think, that are kind of on the maybe it hasn't been the best camp for them so far, and it's just because you haven't really heard as much from them, right? 
And I think a few different people kind of fit this list. I mean, just in general, I think the offensive linemen lost this week just because there was no pads on, and they probably really pisses them off because they're trying to block these, you know, super athletic dudes with no pads on, and that's incredibly tough. But there's a lot of guys that are kind of in the, you know, gray area, like the undrafted free agents. We haven't heard anything besides Alex Kessman, who's done pretty good so far, right, in the kicking competition. I think he's like five for seven or something along those lines. But the one pair of guys that I put in the maybe part of this are Jerry Tillery and Azir Adderley. And I think you could even maybe throw Uchenna and Wosu in here as well. Yeah, I was going to say Uchenna, honestly, because, I mean, we were expecting him to really take that that spot opposite of Joey Bosa and be the number one guy. And, and it seems like Kyler Fackel is kind of getting more of those opportunities. And the thing is, is like we're impatient, right? You want to see all these things come to fruition yes, right are. away. <laughs> and you want to see Jerry Tillery has just looked like a monster this camp. And Nazir Adderley has three interceptions. And Uchenin Wosu has six sacks. Like, that's what you want to going into it. And obviously those are exaggerations. But at the same time, like, the notes you wanted to be hearing about these dudes is something along the lines of, Jerry Tillery looks great in Brandon Staley's new scheme. He looks like a different player, right? Nazir Adderley is just constantly around the ball in Brandon Staley's new scheme. Uchenin Wosu is getting all of the first team reps, and this is the year that we know he's going to get more snaps than you know the 37% or whatever the maximum he's ever gotten any of his seasons have been so far, and you just haven't got that. So I think as much as it's not like these guys are losing because they're just playing badly, I don't think that's necessarily the case, but for guys that you're hoping for big improvements, I think that's just what you would have wanted, David, is just to hear something along the lines of like, oh, hey, like, you know, we know Brandon Staley does a lot of great things, but so far we're only seeing it with the rookies when you want to see it from the guys you were hoping Brandon Staley would be able to take to the next level. But like we prefaced this with, so much time left at training camp, all of these guys could turn it around, and especially for Jerry Tillery, once he gets the pads on, Nazir Adderley, all these guys. I mean, it, it, it can all change really quickly. These next three days are going to be big for a lot of guys on this team. I mean, a lot of guys say, hey, I can't really feel comfortable unless I'm in pads and I'm out there running around and going full speed and hitting guys. Well, this is going to be your opportunity. Practices on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are all going to be padded. So let's see who takes the takes advantage of those opportunities. Exactly. And it's funny because I sit here and I kind of just wonder, like, I wonder who the dude is that like is walking around at training camp the whole time. That's just like, I'm so excited to get pads on, but also that nobody actually believes wants to get the pads on. I mean, I think it's different, but I always had those guys on my football teams growing up and there's, you know, a big talent disparity, obviously, but there was always that dude that was just like, Oh, if we had the pads on, bro, like it would have been. I would have totally lit you up. Exactly. And then, you know, the pads come on and nobody ever gets lit up. So I'm wondering who that guy would be on the Chargers. I would wish it would be Michael Davis, but I don't know. I don't know who would be on this team because I think they all feel like they can't wait to get the pads on on this defense. But that is going to wrap things up for today and for the week. We'll be back with you guys on Monday to tell you all about our experience at FanFest. We're going to be sitting in Section 218 me and David Drogmeyer and my fiance, who's going to be our social media coordinator while we're up at the event are all going to be out there. So we're super excited. Hopefully we can connect with and meet up with some of you guys over there and just at FanFest in general. But until then, guys, if you don't already, make sure to follow the show or subscribe wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcasts, the new Odyssey app, or Spotify. You can find us pretty much anywhere. And rate and review the show if you like it too, so we can keep this thing going. You can also find the show every day on any of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports, David on Twitter at DroTalkSD, and the show's Twitter at LockedOnLAC. And we like to interact with you guys on there. And you can also follow us on Instagram at LockedOnChargers. And we have it at LockedOnChargers Facebook page as well. If you guys want to get on the next voicemail show, the number is 323-524-7924. And we're trying to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we will see you guys on Sunday at FanFest. And be back with you guys on Monday to break it all down for you guys. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.